What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole, leading functional medicine expert and best-selling author. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth clinic, or the books, and there's loads of free content there as well, check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's wonderful guest, longtime friend of mine, and just brilliant human being, and just all around awesome human being as well, kind human being. I'm really excited for you all to get to know him today. His name is Jason Wachab. Jason Wachab is the founder and co-CEO of Mind Body Green, one of the largest health and wellness websites in the world. And he's also the author of the best-selling book, Wealth, spelled W-E-L-L-T-H. Great play on words, great title for a book. He has been featured in the New York Times, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, and Vogue, and has a degree from Columbia University, where he played varsity basketball for four years. In today's conversation, you're going to learn so much. We talk about how Jason founded his company, Mind Body Green. Really interesting story there. We talk about Jason's experience through his entrepreneurial journey. We talk about the future of wellness through organizing the landmark event Revitalize that Mind Body Green has every year. I've been to everyone. Thank you very much. We talk about the need for human connection and the mental health epidemic that's going on right now. We talk about the importance of metabolic health and the skin microbiome. We talk about how supplements and which ones have helped Jason through his own health problems and how clients are forming quality connection through the exciting coaching program that's going on at Mind Body Green that yours truly teaches a module. And join me after my conversation with Jason for an Ask Me Anything where I answer one of your burning health questions. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Jason Wachab. Jason, what the heck? We're talking. Well, yes. So good to see you, hear your voice. Uh, it's been too long that we've uh, seen each other IRL, but I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the Zoom for now. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Yeah. I was going to say two things. Yeah. I'm used to seeing you a couple times a year, at least in person. It's been a while. And also I'm used to you being on the other side of this uh, from a hosting standpoint. So this is a a I'm different much more dynamic. comfortable asking the questions, not answering questions, but I know I'm in good hands with you. Thank you, my friend. So there are so many things that I want to talk to you and just pick your brain about because I've known you for a long time and I've always been a huge fan of what you're doing and you're a major part of my journey, my career journey in wellness and Mind Body Green gave me a voice years ago 
really the first platform that ever did. And I consider you guys family and I love you guys so much. And I, I want to hear about those early days of my buddy green going back to the origins of how it came to be. What was the, the concept, the early days? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, thank you so much for the kind words. The feeling is mutual. You are family. And it's been so rewarding to be on this journey together with you and, and the whole community. It feels like we're all growing up together. And boy, what a journey it's been. And 2021, yeah. here we go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so my background, uh, I'm, I'm 46 and I played basketball in college at Columbia here in New York. So I was graduating in 1998. And back then, for, for those who remember 1998 of your listeners, there weren't startups. There, there weren't a lot of the, the opportunities available to people in terms of their careers were just a lot different back then. And the Ivy League had no scholarships, still has no scholarships, but they, they gave financial aid. Uh, they make sure athletes get it. So I got the financial aid, but I, I still left with, with hefty, hefty debt. And, you know, back then... You know, if you if you had college debt to pay off, there there weren't really a lot of uh, lucrative avenues to pursue. You know, one was being a doctor, and I did not have the grades or aptitude to go to medical school. You know, then then maybe become a lawyer. Uh, same goes for for law school. And and the last opportunity was was Wall Street, and I said, yeah, I I can do that. So I became an equities trader, and did well enough where I could pay off the debt. Uh, I'd have a little comfort, but in in no in no way enough to retire at mm -hmm. all. And I was in New York City uh, when 9-11 happened and was deeply affected by that event. Like many New Yorkers, it was a couple blocks away. And so after that, I definitely felt the need to do something else. I thought there was a lot more to life, starting to get bored at work, checking out. And it led me on this entrepreneurial journey where I ended up leaving Wall Street fully a couple of years later. and hopped around from, you know, one startup to another startup to another startup. The cliches are unfortunately true. You learn more from your, your failures and you do your successes. And I, I learned quite a lot. And I found myself in 2008 flying uh, quite a bit for a startup that wasn't doing so well. And so I'm six foot seven. So imagine me flying coach, not a, not a pretty pretty picture. <laughs> so I was stressed because the company wasn't doing well. The economy was just brutal back then. Uh, and then me fitting in a coach seat, I just don't, I don't fit. I'm six, seven. And like, I was, a, I was, I was not a joy to sit next to or in front of with my knees getting in your back. So the combination of, you know, stress, you know, sleep, flying, combined with an old basketball injury from college, I had two extruded discs in my lower back. L4, L5, S1, pressing on my sciatic nerve. So I had excruciating sciatica in my right leg. It was like a lightning rod. I couldn't walk. And one of the things I just, I find great joy in life is walking. I'm a walker. I love walking in parks here in New York, walking mm -hmm. in nature, walk. I just, I am such a walker. I love walking. And that was taken away. Like it was terrible. Like maybe a couple steps and I would like keel over in pain. Mm -hmm. So I went to a doctor and he said, you need back surgery. And I have nothing against surgery, but generally see it as a last resort. And as I know, you know, the success rates with back surgery are not that good. So mm -hmm. I sought a second opinion and that doctor said the same thing. He said, you know, looking at the MRI, I forget what it was. And he said, you know, you need back surgery. And it was almost like an afterthought. He said, or, you know, you could try, you know, maybe some therapy or yoga, but you still need surgery. Right. And so Colleen, my, my girlfriend, now wife, co-founder and co-CEO at the time was, was very much in practicing yoga. So I said, all right, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try some, some yoga. So I started with some really light restorative yoga, five to 10 minutes in the morning and evening. I started to feel better. And over the course of six months, I began, I had this cascading effect. You know, wellness is funny like that. And I always say like yoga for so many people, for me, it's like the gateway drug. You know, you just, you, you just don't start getting into yoga and like continue <laughs> to go to Burger King, even though they have the impossible burger now, but that we know that's yeah. not as healthy as everyone thinks. Yeah. But at any rate, it had this huge effect on me. And I said, wow, like started to look at sleep, stress, nutrition. I was a guy whose idea of nutrition back then was, you know, conventional steak at the Palm Steakhouse with, with loads of martinis. I consumed so much uh, steak and martinis at the Palm Steakhouse in midtown Manhattan 
there's a caricature of me on the wall next to Joe Namath and Adam Sandler in Midtown. Wow. If you were to the Palm that. in Midtown, West Manhattan, I'm there. You can see what I look like in my my twenties. But like that, that was like my idea. Yeah. Nutrition. And I still eat meat, but not as much, make sure it's grass fed and so on. Yeah. So at any rate, I started to look at nutrition. I started to, you know, yoga played played a large role. Started to look at the environment and toxins we were putting into our homes and our bodies. And I made a lot of changes in my life. And yoga played a large role. And over the course of that six months, I, I completely healed. So to this date, never had back surgery. Wow. And it was in that process, I, I just, I said, holy cow, wow. Like, and you got to keep in mind, it's 2008. Right. Everyone's got like this wellness thing wrong. You know, in, in some ways, wellness is like this very nebulous term. And back then it was equated to like, you know, the spa or it was vanity and weight loss and five minute abs. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It dominated the print magazines and anything that was a little bit more holistic, uh, a bit more functional, you know, we share our affection, you practice functional medicine mm -hmm. or anything that blended Eastern and Western just didn't really speak to the, <laughs> the average person and stuff that was out there in terms of content and personalities seemed to just preach to the choir of people living in the west side of LA or Boulder or Brooklyn. And there were really wasn't anyone speaking to, to people, speaking to, a, you know, not preaching to the choir, but, you know, didn't really seem to be interested in building a bigger church. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, light bulb kind of went off in this process from like, wow, like everyone's got it wrong, first of all. True wellness is this blend of mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and environmental well-being. And they're all interconnected, hence my buddy green, one word, not three. And there's a really big opportunity to not preach the choir, but build a bigger church. And that that was the big idea that that started out of our apartment and if, and like launched officially sometime in 2009. So that 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 was that was how it all started. Wow. And when it launched, do you remember that day that it launched? What was that like? Their like first couple weeks of Mind Body Green? You know, it started at zero. I went all in full time. Colleen mm -hmm. at the time was had a full time job and was like so basically supported us financially. And on that piece, I remember saying to her, I was like, you know, give me like six months. This is gonna be like financially viable in six months. It ended up being three years. Wow. Three years. Tim and Carver, other co-founders kept their day jobs. So, and they worked nights and weekends, but I was like fully all in. And mm -hmm. so it was scary. Uh, I was so passionate about it. And I think in the early days, I think every entrepreneur, you know, goes through ups and downs and their own mm -hmm. dark nights of the soul, if you will, like three years was like a long haul. And I, we didn't really have indications. It was going to be successful i think until the fall of 2012 mm. then tim and carver joined full-time in january 13 and then colleen came on later in 2013 and then carrie my sister-in-law yeah. you know very well was our first editor who ended up had children and left but so it was a while before so as i i go back i'm like oh man that was a long uh you know, in some ways it was exciting and exhilarating, but, uh, yeah. but, but scary. And, you know, one thing I like to remind entrepreneurs and people who are on this, this entrepreneurial journey is, you know, we're at a different stage now. Your problems don't go away. They just change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's> wise words. <laughs> it's wise words. I, I even think about that. That's what I used to say with parenting. Oh, when this happens, then it'll be this. Or like, oh, like, no, it just changes. Good metaphor for life. Good rule yeah, for yeah. Remember sex ed? We learned to prevent pregnancy at all costs. But when it comes to planning for pregnancy, it's a bit of a mystery for people. It's time for a new type of education that puts your reproductive goals front and center. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. 
Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash Will Cole, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today, or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost you at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash modernfertility.com slash Hydration is one of the most important aspects of living a healthy lifestyle and waking up each day feeling your best. Whether you're getting in your morning workout, hiking in hot temperatures, or struggle with headaches, muscle cramps, or fatigue, electrolytes are critical. Drink Element replaces these essential electrolytes without the sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, and other junk ingredients found in popular electrolyte drinks on the market today. Element was developed by Rob Wolf, a former research biochemist and a two-times New York Times bestselling author, and his coaches, Tyler and Luis, because they were frustrated with the lack of healthy electrolyte options on the market. It's true. It's ridiculous. And Element is solving the problem. Their customers include three Navy SEAL teams as prescribed by their master chief, Team USA weightlifting, and dozens of NFL and NBA teams. As a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. You can claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Just go to drinkelement.com slash artofbeingwell. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash artofbeingwell. It's my go-to electrolyte. I have it every day. Check it out. Creeps, cults, ghosts, guys named Jerry. This is your one-stop shop. If you like all that weird shit, join me. I'm Casey Balsham. I'm a comedian and I am fascinated by dark, twisty, and shady ass shit. On the Shady Shit Podcast, we're going to cover all the topics ranging from living in a haunted house to dating app scammers to Lizzie Borden and everything in between. Every Friday, I'm going to break down well-known and little-known stories that are sure to induce just a bit of discomfort. I am so looking forward to making your weeks just a little bit weirder. So uh, you mentioned the three three years. At what point did you notice, hey, this is a shift, and then you had the realization that even though the problems didn't go away, that this is this is something. This is getting amazing traction. Yeah. So to give you an idea of like some of the metrics I looked at in the early days, so we didn't get to a hundred thousand or so unique visitors to like 2011. So that's a long like you go yeah. from. September 9 to 11. And then we went to 500, like half a million in 2012. And then from there, 2012, it just kept on going and going and going. So that in 2012 was like, all right, we're doing something right here. It's working. You know, we, we still had to figure out how do we actually grow revenue so we can support ourselves and pay salaries and mm-hmm. all of that. But it was around in 2012 where we said, all right, like we, we, we have something. And I think, you know, at every, there are numerous stages in, in the life of a business where, you know, you're looking for that proof of concept, whether it's a new business line or new category or things change so mm-hmm. rapidly. But to answer your question, it was around, it was mid 2012. Okay. I think I met you first in 2011, or at least started contributing yeah. to Mind Body Green. So that was early days. I didn't realize that you were still in that from the outside, it looked different. It looked like, wow, this is an amazing thing. It's growing, but you still were in the early days then at that point. Yeah, and it was amazing, you know, and I have fond memories of those early yeah. days. Uh, in, in, in so many ways, you, you know, things are much simpler and easier when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's there's five or so people at, versus, you know, 50 or so now. But again, your, your problems don't go away. They just change. Yeah. 
Totally. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think of those early days and when I'd write articles about functional medicine, you know, we were having these discussions that people have never, had never heard of before. It, it's interesting over the years, the feedback, like I remember back in the day in Mind, Body, Green, the comment section that oh, was yeah. attached to Facebook. <laughs> and it was like the amount of discussions back and forth that were going on there. And that's how people commented and engaged on the article it was attached to Facebook. Like, tell me about those, those early days with, with Facebook and social media, and then the algorithm changes and the evolving nature of social media, the way that it is today. Yeah. And like, well, I'm like, I don't know if we have enough time in this episode for social media, <laughs> but uh, it definitely, we, we went from a place where to your point in the early days, the comment section was exciting. You know, there were great conversations. There were hundreds of comments, sometimes thousands. We had articles that were shared millions of millions of times. Mm-hmm. And then in like, just get the history of the comments. Then we started to see comments would become spam. Uh, then comments would start to deteriorate rapidly with very strong opinions that tended to be very angry and not grounded in any form of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became, uh, you know, a question for us, you know, what's the value of really comments? And it became clear, unfortunately, that there really wasn't any value and that the platforms were ignoring you know, the spam, the, the hate, the anger, and, and we made the decision that it just wasn't really worth it to, to have a, a comment section. So that, that was sort of, and that happened years ago. And then yeah. in reach, uh, you know, we used to have tremendous, tremendous reach on social. And then they started to take it down and down and down and down and down. And, and, and we still reach a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but you don't necessarily get the, the, the leverage and scale you used to get, but that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, their platforms, it's their rules, unfortunately. And we kind of try to have to play by them. So, yeah, totally. It's an evolving thing for sure. So I think about, about those early days as well as when you started conceptualizing Revitalize and for people that don't know, maybe you could tell, tell them what Revitalize is. I explain it as like the United Nations of wellness or like summer camp for people in the wellness community. But how would you describe Revitalize and what was the concept of that? I like I like both of your descriptions. I think they're <laughs> very accurate. So Revitalize is our, you know, our landmark event, which started in 2014. And looking back, you know, we were definitely, it was a very bold move and very risky for us to try to do that event. Yeah. And so it started with this idea of creating the event that, that Colleen and I wanted to go to. And there's so many events in wellness. And again, you got to rewind to 2014. And events tended to be very large scale. So like the Expo West of the world, where it's like Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And it's just like overwhelming. And for people who were more prominent, who had, you know, social media followings or celebrities. It was just like over, like you couldn't go like mm-hmm. you walking around experts. Like it's just very hard to just yeah. walk around and it's great and it's wonderful, but like, it's a different type of event. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's massive. And then we noticed there were some like much smaller, smaller events that were interesting. And so it came back to like the original revitalize was like, let's create the event where we bring together you know, sort of the, the best and brightest in, in, in well-being and didn't want to make it exclusive to people who had letters after their name or practitioners. You know, Colleen and I thought a lot about this. It's like, what makes a great, you know, dinner party? And I think it's it comes down to people who have different points of view, but like shared passions, people who are smart, people who are open, people who are curious. And that's where the magic happens. I don't think the magic happens when all the same type of people who look the same and have the same points of view get together. I think that's mm-hmm. just like, you know, speaking to each other in a echo, chamber, echo yeah. chamber. And that's actually the problem with social media yeah. <laughs> right now. Because so with Revitalize, we said, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we got together, you know, the people in the functional medicine world and the yogis and some musicians and some entrepreneurs and just some cool people, but the common thread is they're passionate about wellness. They're curious, they're open, they're kind and bring them to, together for a weekend immersion where we put together, you know, futuristic thought provoking content 
take over the menu, take over the resort. You know, there is a thing with the conferences. Have you ever been to a conference near a hotel, massive hotel? You're like, you're looking around, like, do they have a badge? Can I talk to them? Like, or is it safe? And mm-hmm. so we, we bought out the entire resort to create a safe environment so that you mm-hmm. knew you were on there, whether you were a celebrity, like in 2014, like Amber Valletta or Dan Harris, you know, everyone there was okay to talk to. And what, what happens in that experience is people are just much more open to have impromptu conversations. It's like, hey, hey, Will, hey, Dan, hey, Amber, we're all here. It's cool. Like, let's talk. People's guards come down. And so mm-hmm. you know, that, was, that was the spirit of Revitalize, create this futuristic, thought-provoking content married with indelible experiences, mm-hmm. you know, were, you know, that first revitalized, if you were doing yoga, you know, we had like Catherine Budig and Tara Styles. If we, we had a performance from the greatest musical performance that only 150 people saw, Leslie Feist and Ed Drost from Grizzly Bear playing together under the full moon in the desert. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just like a way to, give back to the community and bring people together and out of revitalize you've been to every we didn't have one in 2020 unfortunately but we've we had six mm-hmm. uh, you've been to all of them you know i think what people say over and over is one like i think the content if we go back to 14 we were talking about the microbiome we were talking about addiction we were talking about mental yeah. like amazing like how mm-hmm. this was in 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of the box stuff that you guys had your ear to the ground on what people wanted to learn. And even if they didn't know then what they needed to learn about or have a conversation about. It's true. I mean, it's profoundly, it's a masterpiece. You guys really do a masterpiece experience, but it's in many ways bringing Mind Body Green that they see online to life. Bring it to life and bring the, the great minds, the great people together for a weekend where you know, you make those connections and friendships that last a lifetime and they happen in an organic way. And I think you, you've been, you know, I, I use this as an example, but you've been to all the revitalizes, but yeah. like we, we would do a, a survey after every revitalize, ask for feedback, take the feedback to heart and continue to like make the event better. But like, we'd always ask like, who do, who, you know, who do you connect with? Who do you like? It'd always be like, Will Cole. I love Will Cole. Will Cole. Like, Will, like Will Cole should run for president of revitalize. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's a fun event, man. I mean, a, like connection. And we yeah. all saw that with COVID. And I, I think, you know, the, the need for human connection mm-hmm. uh, is real. Yeah. And, uh, it's special and, and we'll do it again someday. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my next follow-up is we didn't have one in 2020. It was very weird. I, I mean, <laughs> Melissa Urban and Todd McCullough, I mean, all these people that I get to go to summer camp every year with, it was strange. And obviously we as a world had to make that adjustment, not, not just us, but do we know when it's coming back? I mean, I guess it's, it's well, to be determined, right? We determined, we definitely want to do an event again. We definitely want to bring people together again. I think, look, there are a lot of, you know, we're still in COVID. I think there, there are so many learnings and one of them, in my opinion, is, you know, the, the need for, for connection. And, you know, we came in pre-COVID, there was already a mental health epidemic, but it, it's gotten significantly worse. There was a scary statistic from the CDC, which came out last summer, where the number was 25%, 25% of 18 to 24-year-olds strongly considered suicide. 25% of 18, yeah. 25 year olds strongly considered suicide and mm. loneliness. You know, we talk about in our world and like, look, health starts in your plate. You got to start there. But loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So just like, like smoking is one of those, like who smokes? Now? Like no one smoke. It's like, it, it just, well, I guess people smoke, but yeah. everyone knows smoking is terrible for you. And just like, but picture in your mind what's smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And that has the same impact mm. as loneliness. And so there, there's a loneliness epidemic. We're going to get together. People need to get together. And I think that that's been, uh, in some ways, I think a wake up call for everyone is mental health is a serious crisis. And uh, we've got a lot of work to do with regards to loneliness and connecting and take a hard look at mm-hmm you know, technology or devices, all, all those fun things we like to play with, but we need to get together. Mm-hmm. We need to see people. It's bad, yeah. for, bad for our immune system. 
Yeah. Bad for mental health. It's bad for longevity. It's just terrible. So. Yeah. Well said. So on this, this topic of wellness and, and the trends that you've seen over the years, you look at the metrics, you look what people are looking for. You want to be ahead of the curve and you're really, really good at it. So what do you see trending right now over and what do you see maybe coming in the future over the next year in the wellness world? Sure. It's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I think COVID accelerated a lot of trends and mental health. I think the focus on mental health is one of them. The other one is metabolic health. 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. And as, as you think about metabolic health, you know, traditionally pre-COVID, you know, if someone would, would, would age, they, they would start to slip. And, you know, maybe say, okay, you know, I'll get, I'll get this together. I'll get my blood pressure or my weight under control a little bit later, or like, maybe I'll take a, a pill or some, excuse mm-hmm. me, medication, or I'll kind of worry about it. And then I think what you traditionally see is people would start to deteriorate as they aged. And some of these, you know, de- deterioration of metabolic health led to, to maybe a, a slower, more painful death sad as it sounds at the at the end of someone's life whereas with covid it can kill you pretty quickly and and it's and it's pretty horrifying Mm -hmm. and so to me what i'm hoping is the silver lining is this focus on metabolic health you know 88 percent of us are metabolically unhealthy and just re-examining uh what health looks like for us i think a lot of people did that during you know, quarantine, mm-hmm. if we look at like some of the, there's so many uh, systemic issues, you know, food security or over-reliance on processed foods. Another scary statistic, 58% of daily calories and come from processed foods for Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, processed food happens, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are much bigger questions around food subsidies, uh, food security, and just how, how do we get people healthier and, and educated? Mm-hmm. So I think metabolic health is a big one that I'm hoping comes to the forefront because of COVID. What else I think has accelerated because of COVID is a trend. Uh, so I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with the microbiome, and you know if they take probiotics, they you know they have their kombucha, their you know their, their fermented foods. But the skin microbiome, I think, is is very interesting right now. And if you take a step back, you know because of COVID, sanitization, you know. It, it it's the cost of doing business, if you will. Mm-hmm. It enters your life. We have kids, we have to use hand sanitizer. You travel, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to use sanitizer, you're wiping down stuff. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you stand on that, it is undisputed from a scientific standpoint that all the sanitization that's occurring is damaging your skin microbiome, like mm-hmm. undisputed. It's, it's bad, but you kind of have to do it. Right. And, uh, there are long-term effects with damaging the skin microbiome. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's going to come to the forefront. I think there are going to be a lot of like interesting products and just like that, that help restore the skin mm-hmm. microbiome, just like a focus. It's just something that uh, we haven't really thought about, but now our hands are kind of at war. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, lastly, what I think is interesting as I talk to you, you know, I've got my aura, I've got my whoop, I've got my Fitbit. I had a levels last week. <laughs> uh, we're in an exciting time in terms of tracking and devices. I believe you uh, you manage what you measure. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard that before. But I think the big question for a lot of these devices, and some of them are like going back to COVID. So like when the NBA went to the bubble in Orlando, they all wore aura rings because aura detects a rise in body temperature, which is an early determination of, hey, maybe I have COVID if my body temperature starts Mm -hmm. to rise by like pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then whoop tracks respiratory rate. And that's the other thing that they've shared some things through social media where respiratory rate starts to really rise precipitously. And that's another sign you may have COVID. With that said, I I think I'm a geek. I love all this stuff, but I think you know, what are the, what are the takeaways? What are the actionable insights for people as they, mm-hmm. you know, use all these devices? 
Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be the next, like, what do you do with all this information? How right. do I change how I'm eating? How do I change how I'm working out? Otherwise, mm-hmm. it just becomes like TMI. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it can be orthorexia. Yeah. And information like, overload. Yeah. And I think that's, mm-hmm. but, but it's exciting and interesting. So those are like some of the things that come to mind, trends to, to watch out for in, in 21 and beyond. This episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo, pet food, they have it all. Public Goods is now your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful, streamlined aesthetic. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. I love these products so much. We have them at my functional medicine telehealth center. We use the cleaning products here, and I use the cleaning products at home as well, and so many other things from Public Goods. I'm a super fan, to say the least. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives that are still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and our environment. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is really important, my friends. Small changes in the way we shop can make a big impact on our personal health and the world at large. They use a membership model to keep costs low for us and pass on even more savings to their customers. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. They actually plant one tree for every order placed and incorporate sustainability into every part of the company. Join hundreds of thousands of people around the world who have switched to their new everything store. We worked out an awesome deal just for the art of being well listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend off your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Will or use code Will at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C. G-O-O-D-S, publicgoods.com forward slash Will Cole to receive $15 off your first order. Sticking with the topic of, of trends, another thing that you are really aware of and seeing what's out there in the industry, and you and I have been at Expo West together like pre from the before, pre-COVID, there's so much innovation when it comes to healthy snacks and healthy foods and healthy options for people that are convenient. Do you have any insight on what you're seeing out there that's coming up that, that you're excited about? Yeah, I actually think there's a, you know, I'm going to maybe upset a lot of people with this statement, but I think there's a lot to be excited with regards to processed foods. Right? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of larger consumer, you know, CPG companies created better for you products that were that were slightly better than mm-hmm. the original existing conventional product and i think because of the demand there, there's a need for best for you mm-hmm. and i'm seeing a lot of brands i'll use for example a, a, a favorite brand of mine hugh kitchen so like their their, their chocolate and i know jason carp one of the founders been in the podcast extraordinary guy yeah um, you know, what they're about is, is best for you. And that's what we're about. I know that's what you're about. And I think it's just raising the bar. And I'll use Hugh again as an example. Hugh was acquired by Mondelez, which is one of the largest snacking companies in the world, if not one of the, the biggest. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a sign of the times that Processed food, if you will, it's still processed. Like, hey, look, eat, you know, eat the vegetables. Sorry, Dave Asprey, eat the kale. I know Dave Asprey <laughs> is you know, critical of kale, but that that processed food is is coming around, and that this idea of best for you has legs. And I'm I see it with a number of companies out there that have products you can find on the shelves of you know whether it's Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or you know the big conventional grocers of the, the Kroger's of the world mm-hmm. that you look at the label and the label's really clean and it's really good. And there are a lot of them 
coming up and they're not mom mm-hmm. and pops anymore and they're growing quite sizable. And to me, that's like really exciting uh, yeah. that there are because processed food happens. We have kids, we're busy. Yeah. And, you know, Siete is another great example. Yeah. Phenomenal products. They're processed, mm-hmm. but they're phenomenal. I could mm-hmm. go down, you know, Malk, the almond milk. There, there's so many great brands where the labels are really clean. So I, I think it's exciting. It is exciting. Speaking, I, something popped into my mind was at Revitalize, going back to that, is one of the things that I love so much is you and Colleen, I don't know if you still do this, but I think you still did the last one we had, is you guys really curate the tables. And when people sit, like who we're sitting with is different every night. And you mentioned the echo chamber, to not get into that echo chamber, go outside of your comfort zone. And for an introvert like me, that's quite the the move, but I've never regretted it. It's been cool. But that's the Siete people I got to meet one year. I would never have met them if I didn't, if I didn't sit somewhere different. So thank I, you. I love that you appreciated, uh, appreciated that because that's one of the things that takes, the, it takes Colleen and I probably like 12 or so hours. We do the individual seating for dinner for both nights. And to your point, it's like, how do you create, we try to create the magic and like play Matt, like mm-hmm. this person, they don't know each yeah. other and they do, and that would be amazing. And so I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, if they people are, are really special people and they're doing mm. incredibly well, which is awesome to see. Yeah, very much so. And then you mentioned Hugh Kitchen. I yeah. have to to be in, I'm still in mourning about the restaurant actually not I being know. open anymore. I know, I know. But the chocolate lives on. It and lives on. Chocolate covered nuts. Oh my God, they're they're dangerous. So the, the, the hunks, yep. they're amazing. They're, Hugh Kitchen hunks are amazing. So one of the things that I was most excited about this past year, like over the past year, was the release of the Mind Body Green supplements. And I use them daily. I use the magnesium and I use the greens daily and I, the NR Plus too. So can you talk people through like, what was the genesis of releasing supplements and why now and the impetus behind it? Cause they're really thoughtful things. Sure. Well, like everything we do, it's got to come from a place of mission and it has to make sense. And so you knew this story, I've shared it with you, but yeah. a couple of years ago, so I mentioned I'm 46. We have uh, two little girls, a, a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. My father died of heart disease around the same age. And so in my 40s, I want to get a little bit more serious about you know preventative testing you know, beyond blood pressure and some of the traditional stuff. So I did some of that testing and... Uh, I discovered that my homocysteine was 63. And I was seeing Dr. Dr. Frank Lippman. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with homocysteine, uh, it's a marker of inflammation. When it's that high, it can lead to catastrophic clotting, aneurysm, pulmonary embolism, which coincidentally Colleen had after a flight eight years mm-hmm. ago. And so you want it under, under over 15 is high. You probably want it under 10, as, as mm-hmm. you would say. Mine yeah. was 63. Uh, and to this date, whenever I talk to a functional medicine doctor, I tell them and they're like, oh my God, that's the highest I've ever seen. Yeah. And so I remember saying to Lippman, I'm like, what do I do? Like what, you know, what, <laughs> sir, like what, what are the options here? And he said, you need to supplement like right now. And so we got it from 63 to 23 in a month mm-hmm. and then down to, to 15 and 12. And then it zigzagged around and you and I were talking about like, what can we do to get it down lower? And I played around with some various things. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I've come to the conclusion, I'm probably just going to be a guy who has it around 12 and I'll be okay. Yeah. But at any rate, I was always a believer in supplements, but wow, boy, did I come a believer after that. Like I, you could argue that supplements saved my life. Like homocysteine at that high level, like I'm, I'm lucky to be walking. And so I said, I, I just became a total supplement nerd and went down this rabbit hole of like, holy cow, you know, I, I had a potentially life-threatening problem. And I, I realize I'm a genetic freak. I have the 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 double C six seven seven T gene with mm-hmm. MHFR. So, so do like, I. I'm pro we're, tw- we're twins. A quarter of the people do. A quarter I think more yeah. than a quarter of the population do. So I'm yeah. pro high homocysteine, but not that high. But like what are other like big problems that people have? And could we provide solutions for people yeah. that worked? And so, like, you know, you mentioned your sleep products. So it's like sleep. That's a big one. Colleen, my wife has had chronic sleep issues for 20 plus years, has tried every like prescription drug, like you name it, everything. And so 
this is the only product that's worked for her. And for her and for us, it was really important. You know, for her, it was like, I, I want to like come up with a, a product that align with my values. And so it was really this two-year process where we went to, to think about like, what are the big universal problems that people are facing? And could we create, you know, best in class solutions that that work for people? And that led to the supplements line. And that's an area we're launching a bunch of new products this year and building off of it but really take that approach. And you know, now I'm the guy who gets blood testing every quarter and uh, I'm on top of everything and I watch everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was just like everything we do is really important to do it right and to simplify it, like really provide people with efficacious solutions in a way that was simple and you didn't have to buy mm-hmm. like 20 bottles or take 20 capsules, you could take one or two. Yeah, I love it. And I forgot the hemp multi. I mean, they're all really smart ingredients. Um, and I, I'm a fan of each one of them. And even the greens powder, it has sea vegetables in it. And I'm always telling my patients, you need to bring in, integrate these in. And there's not something that is easily accessible. They're going down random aisles in the supermarket they've never been to before. And that's a nice source of that food medicine. Yeah, thank you. You know, look, the supplement aisle in uh, pharmacies and grocery mm-hmm. uh Grocery grocery stores is the most confusing aisle by far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's been exciting to build and exciting to launch some of the new products we're launching this year. Yeah. So, could, what can you tell us? Like, what's next for for my body green? So, on, on the product side, uh, so you know, you know, you can't talk about COVID without talking about immune resilience, and so we have an immune support product that is should be out by now by this era as we're coming out which we worked on for a while and i essentially this is a good example i had to take like six different six different capsules to get everything i wanted into so it's a it's a it's a product we feel really strongly about and i've been taking so so that's one and and you know again we're just focusing on like what are the, what are some of the universal problems that a lot of people have where we can really create innovative efficacious solutions mm-hmm. And so that, that's been exciting. That's like my, that, that's one of the, the, the fun things I do every day here. <laughs> and I Love test it. everything on myself. <laughs> Love it. You see the results for yourself. Yeah. And anything else? What else? What, what, what else can you tell us? You know, I, I think we're going to be excited to do events again. Our coaching program. Yes. Which you're part of is amazing. As I go back to like COVID. Okay. So like, look, we used to be so used to going to a physical doctor's office and that just ended with COVID and telemedicine is, is now something that that's accepted widely. Mm-hmm. And with that said, there are limits on, on people's time and there's a demand, you know, to see people like you, to see all the functional medicine doctors out there, but you can only see so many people. And so this is where, you know, coaching comes in and our coaching program, which has been really, really successful and exciting that it's a way for people out there to, you know, they connect with the doctor, they connect with you for that first visit, and then they can go to a coach and continue their practice. And it's a way that you can see more people. It's a way that people out there can connect with functional medicine practitioners and actually get in to see them, get in to see them at a lower rate too, and also, I think with COVID, a lot of people are, you know, thinking about in the same way I questioned my why and my purpose 20 years ago, people are saying, hey, what, what am I doing? You know, I'm mm-hmm. passionate about wellness. Like, can I create a business around this? Like, can mm-hmm. I, or if I can't, like, I want to learn all of this so I can help my family, help my community. And that's something that's, that's really exciting. It's an amazing program with the best of the best in functional medicine, including yourself, you know, Mark Hyman, Frank Littman, Gundry, we got everyone, mm-hmm. everyone. Um, Amazing. And that's been incredible. And, and that's something we're excited to continue to, to build to and add to the curriculum throughout the year. And I think, you know, more than ever, uh, the world needs coaches, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, and so that, that's been actually, I can't believe I, I'll say the best for last one of the most exciting shifts we've seen. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we're touching more people and it's about empowerment mm-hmm. and we can't rely on, you know, the government or the CDC or, you know, it doesn't matter where you stand politically. You got to take care of yourself. 
Yeah. You know you, you got to take care of your family. That is crystal clear for so many people right now. And, and, and information is empowerment. So it's best in class information for people who want to take control of their health, you know, help their families, help their communities and potentially build a business from people who've built tremendous personal brands and businesses in the space like yourself and JJ Virgin, I can go on. So that's, that, that's the most exciting thing. That, that, that's so exciting. So yeah, so exciting. And I send people there all the time. They're asking, where can I learn more? And they want to be, they're inspired through what they read on Mind Buddy Green or they read online or they listen to the podcast, but they want to know how can I formally be educated on this stuff? And it's a great resource. You're learning from the best. And the one thing I'll add too, which I think is important specifically in this you know, time in 2021, we also have different points of view. Mm, yeah. And I think having different points of view and, ha- yeah. and learning from people at different points of view First of all, great, great lesson for life. We should yeah. all be doing that. Mm-hmm. You become a better practitioner. You mm-hmm. become a better listener to your own body. And I think it's an important and necessary step in becoming, you know, your your the, the ultimate CEO of your or conductor of your own health care orchestra. And I think that doesn't happen enough in health and wellness. It's it, yeah. it, there's so many symbolic of what's happened politically in this country where yeah. it's shouting each other and they don't agree, but like, yeah, we've got people, Joel Kahn, who's pretty hardcore vegan. He's got a very different point of view from Dr. Gundry mm-hmm. or oil yeah. and water, but we got both of them. Yeah. And that's important for people to be open to different points of view. So that's one of the things I also love about the program. So I love it too. And it's true. I mean, and I, I think of those two guys, Joel Kahn and, and Dr. Gundry, Dr. Khan, Dr. Gundry at Revitalize, it was both of them and me sitting in the same row and we're all friends and we don't agree on everything. And that's okay. That's a great lesson for life is to start to deconstruct that tribalism, that hyper-tribalism that's going on right now. Yes. Yeah. So obviously you and I were both fans and we love New York. We love Los Angeles. We love these cities and they're, they're major epicenters of our world and wellness, but there's... Uh, a movement going on of Cal Exodus and people living the cities because of even before COVID, but I think COVID, like you said, accelerated a lot of things. So I'm curious as a New Yorker, but also a person that travels a lot, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? And where do you see the world going in that way? Sure. Well, definitely agree. I see there's definitely an exodus from California. What's interesting is of recent in the past couple of days, it doesn't seem to be as prevalent here in New York. I think a lot of people from New York went to second homes or rent the Hamptons or the Hudson Valley. They stayed here. They didn't just leave. Right. Whereas people in California just left. Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of it had to do around the restrictions where California had some pretty heavy restrictions without going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. With that said, we, we, we live in Dumbo. We've lived here for 12 years. We love it here, but we also love nature you know, the, the place, the city we love, we love Austin, Texas. There's such a great entrepreneurial community there in, in our world, in the wellness world. Mm-hmm. You know, the Siete founders are there. We've got mm-hmm. Whole Foods is there. The Hugh Kitchen folks just moved there. There's so many great people. Epic, I can go on and on, but that's yeah. just a great town. There's great nature. And I think we, we, as we've all read, I think Austin's benefited from the uh, California mm-hmm. exodus, but it's just a great, a great fun, fun yeah. place that has a, we love. And then also you're seeing Miami too now. A lot yeah, of people, Miami and Miami. Austin. Those are like my two favorite cities outside of New York. <laughs> That's right. So, Yeah. You know who moved there? Taro from Four Sigmatic. He's in yeah, Austin. He moved there too. John Durant moved there. Yeah. Uh, the Skinny Confidential. Uh, yeah. They just moved Mike, there. Michael and Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I get it. Look, it, 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 there's such a great wellness community there. It's a great entrepreneurial community and like great culture, great food, great nature, great schools for kids. So I, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah. So before we go, the show is called The Art of Being Well, and you live this. This is something that you've crafted and educated people about the art of being well. So what's something that we haven't talked about so far that you wish you knew 20 years ago about this thing, this art of being well? So that's a great question. I, I would say, you know, the, the art of being well is a, is, is a little bit of art and science. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of gone all over the place in my wellness journey. And I think where I have landed today, blending the art and science, what works for me, if 
I were to describe my wellness philosophy, it's I'm a little bit of a biohacker meets blue zones. And so, you know, I, I do try to measure things and I, I do believe you, you, you manage what you measure, but at the same time, you know, the power of human connection, the power of purpose, belief system, spirituality, relig- like believing in something greater than yourself, connecting to people. I think those play such a meaningful role in our health and well-being. And you can't really measure in the way you can your, your glucose wearing a, a continuous glucose monitor. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to, you know, I, I, think, I think it's a balance. So I would say that that's something I didn't really think about in my early journey. I tended to be like go um, one way or the other. I think the other thing is I've learned as I've aged is what works for you today may not work for you tomorrow and be mm-hmm. open to that and be flexible and uh, don't be married to any specific routine. Don't be dogmatic and listen, and, and listen to your body. And some of it, you know, some of what we talk about, some of what we believe in, you know, is so much about really being attuned and listening to your body and listening to your gut. And sometimes the numbers just don't, you know, tell the full story. So that those, that's what I kind of wish I knew early on and how I try to live my life today in 2021. Love it. My friend, thanks so much for taking the time out and being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much, Will. Nothing but love for you. Thank you for all that you do for being on this journey with us. So I'll give you a big virtual hug from here in Dumbo. If you want to learn more about all of Jason's work and the really amazing things they have going on at Mind Body Green, you can check it all out at mindbodygreen.com and be sure to pick up a copy of his book, Wealth. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Brooke. Brooke asks, Hi, Dr. Cole. I know you do a lot with brain health issues like anxiety. I'm really struggling with anxiousness and panic attacks. Can you give me a functional medicine perspective on anxiety? Great question, Brooke. Well, we see things like anxiety or depression or fatigue or really any symptom like this. We see this as a check engine light, like the check engine lights on on the car but why? There's a lot of possibilities as to what could be at play. So a comprehensive health history is very helpful to understand the nuances of the case and the specifics of the case. And a health history will also determine what labs would be appropriate, if any, to really see uh, the underlying drivers and and this sort of what I refer to as this bi-directional relationship between thoughts and emotions and our physiology, because through health history, you can see, okay, what's going on situationally um, in that person's life? Is it a stressful work uh, situation or a toxic relationship or past trauma that's going on? Because these mental, emotional, and spiritual components impact anxiety, of course, situational issues or, or past trauma that's living in their situation today. But conversely, physiological things can be at play too that's impacting their anxiety uh, as well. So we have to look at both sides of the coin because the thoughts and emotions and the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff impacts their physiology. But conversely, the physiological things can impact anxiety as well and depression and fatigue and other brain health issues. And that's the larger conversation that I've been having for years with my patients is this this notion in the West that we like to separate mental health from physical health. But in fact, mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body and that's, we cannot relegate mental health as sort of this abstract nebulous thing. It is quite physiological. um, And we have to look at both sides of the coin here because, and there's tons of research in the scientific literature exploring this, the cytokine model of cognitive function is one of them. It's it's research looking at how inflammation, cytokines are pro-inflammatory 
molecules of the body or pro-inflammatory pathways in the body. How is inflammation impacting how our brain works? How is inflammation impacting mental health? So mental health is physical health. Let's get that sorted out and understanding it. And of course, there's situational things. Of course, things like trauma need to be looked at. And that's why another word for functional medicine is integrative medicine, because we're integrating different aspects within healthcare to give this person the things that they need. Um, but ultimately, nobody has something like anxiety from a medication deficiency. So not to say I'm anti-medication in any way, because I'm not, but it's ultimately not getting to the root cause of why you have the problem in the first place. So while these medications may be needed for some people and needed it for a time for some people, certainly just so they can function, my long-term goal as a functional medicine practitioner and any good clinician, it would be, okay, what's the long-term solution here? Why do they have this problem in the first place? Maybe it's dealing with their past trauma. Maybe it's dealing with some of the physiological things that I explore in functional medicine. So running appropriate thorough blood tests to look at inflammation markers, looking at things that can drive inflammation, look at underlying gut issues because your gut is where 95% of serotonin is your happy neurotransmitter is made and stored. And it's important for people to think about is that anxiety and depression are interconnected. And oftentimes they go hand in hand. And some people may notice one more than the other, but oftentimes anxiety and depression are two sides of the same coin uh, and need to be understood as part of this larger, we have to see it through the, this physiological lens of understanding what are the pieces of the puzzle that are driving this person's symptoms. So looking at the second brain is what the gut's referred to as. And if you think about it, the intestines even kind of resemble the brain. We have to look at the second brain to understand what's going on in the actual brain. Because I've seen many people with underlying gut-centric components to things that are driving their anxiety or depression or other neurological symptoms. So understanding the gut-brain axis or the connection between the gut and the brain, and the gut and the brain are actually formed from the same fetal tissue when all of us were growing in our mom's womb, and they're inextricably linked for the rest of our lives through what's known as the gut-brain axis. So understanding the microbiome, the gut connection to brain health, and the impact that the gut has on converting hormones and activating hormones as well, and understanding the larger hormonal component to some things like anxiety. So looking at the thyroid hormone, looking at estrogen and progesterone, imbalances of these can impact anxiety. Looking at testosterone levels, looking at cortisol levels, these things can impact anxiety. So looking at the gut, looking at the endocrine system, looking at nutrient deficiencies. I mean, nutrient deficiencies can definitely drive anxiety. Things like magnesium deficiency or selenium deficiency or even iron deficiency can impact how our brain works. Um, so it's important to keep an open mind, be intellectually flexible as a clinician and a diagnostician to really be thorough and comprehensive with labs to give people the answers that they deserve. Uh, and it's not enough to just say, take this pill, see you later. Well, if that's the only tool you have in your toolbox, I guess that's the best you've got. But the reality is in functional medicine, there's a lot of options here as far as us to being thorough and comprehensive and really listening to this person that's struggling with these issues and giving them the attention and the due diligence and the thought thoughtfulness that they need. So understanding that looking at inflammation, I see a lot of people with panic disorders and anxiety issues that have chronic infections like Lyme disease, uh, tick-borne problems or insect-borne issues like Borrelia burgdorferi, which is the Lyme bacteria, or Babesia and Bartonella, these co-infections, uh, Lyme co-infections, people that have Epstein-Barr virus reactivations and looking at viral issues. And then mycotoxins is very, very common clinically as well of things that could be driving inflammation that could be triggering anxiety in people. So looking at mycotoxins or mold toxins is another thing that I see clinically a lot. So those are some things to think about. That is a functional medicine perspective. And then look, you, you support the body in the way that it needs. Not everybody needs the same thing. The anxiety is the check engine light but what's underneath the hood. So, I mean, some palliative things that can be helpful for some people, not everybody needs these things, but compounds like kava can be a great, it's a plant grown in the South Pacific, has been shown to really uh, be supportive of people struggling with anxiety. Lavender can be great as well to support GABA, which is the anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. Ginkgo biloba can be a great tool. Chamomile, uh, lemon balm, 
passion flower, CBD. These are all things that people consider. Not that everybody needs all these things, but these are some tools within the toolbox based on the labs and that specific person's case history uh, to be understood. One other thing I forgot to mention is people that have an autoimmune component to their anxiety. I see sometimes, and what made me think about this when I said GABA, uh, the anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, I've seen in many cases over the years, people's immune systems attacking GABA uh, and uh, impacting the production of GABA. So it is definitely important to understand this specific uh, neurological autoimmune issue for some people uh, with anxiety. That doesn't mean everybody with anxiety has an autoimmune issue. That's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm saying for some people with autoimmunity, there can be a neurological autoimmune component to their anxiety. And we know it's very well researched in the scientific literature, people with autoimmunity are more prone to anxiety. Well, it may just be the systemic inflammation that's causing the anxiety or the fact that they just don't feel well. It could be that circumstantial anxiety. Uh, but oftentimes there is an inflammatory component to people's anxiety, but not all inflammation is autoimmune. So it's important to, to differentiate the two, but all autoimmune issues or almost all autoimmune issues are inflammatory in nature. So I know that's a lot of stuff, but those are some things to consider. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday and I hope you will too. Talk soon.